Hi everyone, welcome to the Hybrid Hangout podcast. In today's episode, we'll be having a post-match chat about Arsenal's latest WSL game against Aston Villa. So let's start off with a summary. So the 4-1 win over Aston Villa makes it three wins in eight days for Arsenal. The game also marked Arsenal's 200th WSL game. Aston Villa were really quite energetic and pushing quite hard in the opening minutes, but it was Walty feeding the ball to Miedemar, who kind of made the first real attempt of a goal in the game. But Aston Villa were actually the first to score with a pretty impressive goal from Hansen. And as I spoke about in the pre-match report, which for any of these that don't know, I have a website, thehybridhangout.com, where I do the pre-match kind of reports and write-ups just so that's a bit easier for you to read ahead of the game as opposed to having to listen to a podcast. And in that, I spoke about how, yes, the the real threat in a player is definitely Rachel Daly. She's been a bit prolific, as we all know, in the WSL, but it's not just Rachel Daly, and to say that it really diminishes the whole build-up because it was actually like the linking of play between Daly and Daly who led to that goal by Hansen. Despite going down by a goal, we actually didn't really lose our rhythm too much and we definitely kept fighting for those chances, which I think is an improvement as, especially with all the injuries I've noticed, we started to get maybe slightly deflated in the last few games if we went down or like the frustration would show, things like that. But we continued and actually both sides had a few chances. So having previously come close, Casey McCabe, who was our captain for most of the game, was a key part of the goal. She got the ball into the Villa box and the ball took a double deflection where it ended up counting as an own goal to Corsi. Now, interestingly, this isn't the first time that Corsi has scored an own goal for Arsenal. So, in the last time that the two sides met, Corsi again recorded an own goal. Bit of a thing going on there, I don't know. Not too long after, Blackstenius came close but was ruled offside. And then, a little bit after that, after the half-time, we saw McCabe finally get that goal and you could tell she was really itching for one. And I think it was in a podcast, so Little John, who plays for Aston Villa, didn't, wasn't on the pitch but does play for Aston Villa and is Katie McCabe's partner, said that it's very annoying, she always scores against my teams, but she had a good game and yet, of course, she scored again which I thought was quite funny, but it's true. Kate McCabe is just a bit prolific when it comes to Aston Villa. Um, Side note, and absolutely not a serious footballing point, but for any of those who aren't already, like, following Little John McCabe, like, their interactions are hilarious. Um, She also has some really good social media content. But I digress. Back to the game. Our final goal came from Jordan Nobbs, assisted by Caitlin Ford, and that also marked our 500th WS goal. Interestingly, Jordan Nobbs actually played in Arsenal's first ever WSL game, so we love that full circle moment, and to be honest, like, who else was it going to be? Legend behaviour from Jordan, as always. 
So what this all means, kind of where it leaves us, was for a brief, brief time, we were level on points with Chelsea on account of their late kickoff, but they ended up winning, taking all three points and therefore going three points clear after their game with Reading. Now, if anyone caught that game or was like heard anything from it, it was so frustrating. So Chelsea went 3-0 up, which I think obviously quite a few people probably expected. But first things first, Reading then come back with a vengeance and get it to 3-2. And for the final minutes, like it seemed like either team could score. So I was like praying for a draw. But more frustrating than being close to draw is the fact that the f- one of Chelsea's goals was is categorically offside um but obviously there is no VAR in WSL so if the linesman didn't spot it the ref didn't spot it the the goal counts and it stands so like it, it literally should have been a draw this isn't me just saying it from an Arsenal perspective but in all fairness Emma Hayes has spoken and she reaffirmed her point in a post-match interview kind of like very professional obviously saying that she does you know back VAR and that those sorts of things in the WSL and certainly a higher level of refereeing um and she said that those things come in swings and roundabouts like there'll probably be a game where they have an offside goal given against them those kind of things which is probably true in the grand scheme of things but like you never know um obviously not Chelsea's fault that is that's on the linesman really isn't it but yeah very frustrating for an Arsenal fan and of course a Reading fan but yeah however a result that did kind of go our way that weekend as well was the Manchester derby in which Man City Manchester United drew 1-1 which then allowed us to go second Subs wise, as predicted, Leah Williamson and Rafa Souza are still not up to their 90 minutes. They're still very much building their game time after coming back from injury. So, in this game, we saw uh, Rafa start and then Leah come on later in the game. Now, if anyone hasn't yet seen, I know most people probably have, but especially in like a bit of a slow motion video the swap that Leah Volte does to give Leah Williamson the captain's armband. Smoothest thing in the world I've ever seen. More excitingly, potentially, is that Mane Obuchi actually got a few minutes on the pitch. She came on as a sub, quite a big applause. So it was really good to see her come on and get some genuine minutes. For me, you did see her creativity kind of coming and as much as the game was probably already put to bed when she came on, she did manage to get into some good space and things like that, which especially considering she's not really played games other than for Japan a few like the other month, was really quite impressive. I do hope to see her more often because there are definitely games where I think we would benefit from her creativity, but clearly there is some sort of bigger plan in place in terms of the squad and its rotation with Jonas. Lineup wise one of the big changes was that Ford actually started on the right whereas McCabe was on the left Um, so it wasn't a surprise to see the two of them play but their positioning was probably quite surprising. 
the it's actually the first time Caitlin Ford has been played on the right under Jonas Eideval. So he said that he did this to expose kind of the space that the Aston Villa side quite often leave because they're quite set in their positioning in terms of like who should stay up and things like that. So this allowed Arsenal to obviously play with more width. Um, and don't get me wrong, they definitely did swap quite a few times across the full 90 minutes. Um, but I still think it worked quite well. After the game, Eideval said that we stayed composed and patient when we went behind and continued to create those scoring opportunities. And he seemed quite pleased with that. Overall, um, I think it was a really convincing win in terms of we didn't necessarily have the ball at all times, nor do I think it like it didn't necessarily seem like Villa weren't going to score again, but I think we controlled it really well, and I think that's the mark of a better team, not necessarily being overwhelmingly dominant for the full 90, but be able, being able to cope when you're not being completely dominant. One of the other things that I definitely noticed about this game was the atmosphere. So I actually spoke about this previously, but um, the red and white AWFC, you can find them on Twitter, uh, they led so many of the chants and I think it really upped the level of the game. So obviously it was like incredible to be there, but then I watched the game again the next day and we were so loud, it was honestly like, Loki, where were the Villa fans? Do you know what I mean? So, that's so important, and I think it adds another layer to the women's game and, like, Arsenal's kind of playing. And even if that's not the case, two things I noticed. So, the first was dr- during half-time, when some of the players were staying warm, that, like, weren't playing... Jordan Nobbs heard her chant and she looked over and she had this smile and it's like so great to see that a the link between a player and the fans and b kind of you know what it does like surely that does something for like she's spoken about how important that relationship is for her and then the second one is after the game when they kind of came over to clap the away fans they started doing Lotta Weaver Moy's chant and she again had a nice big smile and gave like the crowd a thumbs up. And I just think that's really what we're after, isn't it? Having that like really strong relationship between player and fans. So that concludes the post-match chat on Aston Villa. Uh, pretty positive things to say all around really there. But There are some other Arsenal news. So in the FA Cup, the WSL teams have now been entered into the draws. So we will face Leeds or Stoke City. The reason we don't know yet is given the bad weather this week, their game got postponed, but it will be Leeds or Stoke. The other news is you can now vote for your player of the month. Your options are Leah Walty, Katie McCabe, Veen Reuter and Frieda Marnham. So far, last time I looked, I think Leah Walty is in the lead, but Katie McCabe coming in quite soon after. But they've all had really incredible months. I think Reem Morris obviously had an amazing showing against Juventus, 
but one of the things I think is kind of sad is that her goal at the Emirates against Manchester United was world class but I feel like it obviously got really overshadowed by the loss and also like the banner of the loss. I personally voted for Walty just because I think she's been super super consistent and it's about time she got some recognition but honestly I was there pondering for a while so as I said all super worthy. My final bit of news as some of you may have seen Kim Little is back in training Eunice Idaval still saying that she'll be back before Christmas so let's keep our fingers crossed it's so good to see her back I think you can tell that we've really missed her and it's just a big relief to me to know that she's going to get some minutes in ahead of the Chelsea game in January so we can like build up towards that hopefully and what this also means as far as I'm aware is that so obviously Tay Goldie who is an academy graduate is still recovering from her ACL but we are told she is stepping that up kind of every day now so aside from her obviously that's a bit of a different scenario the only other player that isn't available and obviously we know for the long term unavailable is Beth Mead because Lena Hurtig is also back in training so to that I say are we no longer injury FC because I'm very much here for that especially ahead of our Leon game because they've still got quite a lot of injuries although I I kind of am doubting that we'll have a full squad available for this one but maybe kind of the next few Champions League games we might be able to see Lena or Kim get a few minutes in but that concludes this podcast episode thank you so much for listening the next episode will be a post-match chat on our Champions League game against Lyon Um, and in the meantime in the next few days ahead of the game I will be posting a pre-match report for the Lyon game on thehybridhangout.com Bye everyone.